Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by our guest speaker be a blessing to your life and helping you to grow in your understanding in God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Um, my son, Benjamin, um, said, hey, Dad, um, for Father's Day gift, I'll, uh, I'll preach for you. And so I thought that was a great opportunity I'm like to lighten my load. And I'm like, you know what? I like that idea. So I'm in Hawaiian style today because my son is in Hawaii at uh, Connect Church, um, Connect Point Church. Let's get it right. And uh, so he's uh, they're here for another week or so. And uh, a little week, maybe a few more days. And so we're glad to have them all together. It's really been great to have everybody together. It really has. Well, Benjamin, why don't you come on up? And you all set? Mike and all? All right, why don't you put your hands together and welcome Ben. So, so, so Ben is Connect Pastor at uh, Connections. I'm going to get it right, yeah. Connections, because there's more than one connection being made. And uh, how long have you been on the island now? He looks at his wife, five years. I love that. Check it in. All right. Well, uh, give him one more big. Put your hands together. It's so good to have you. Thanks for leaving me out today. Thanks. I appreciate it. Well, it's always a joy and honor. Uh, I was, I'll be honest, I, I, every time I walk into this place, so many memories flood my head. And uh, before I even get started with uh, the message, uh, I just want to say thank you. I don't think you guys realize the power of community, the power of the capital C church. Because, you know, we're, we're over here in Hawaii, um, but you guys are over here in and we even have uh, many churches represented here in this building. But I think the beautiful thing is to know that we are a church for one mind and one purpose, and that's to build God's kingdom. And I want to let you know that even at Connect Point Church, we pray for you. We, we agree with you, stand with you, stand with my parents. And, uh, and I think there's this family, this camaraderie that goes along, and I'm so, so, th- so thankful for that. I want to introduce my beautiful, I don't know, I just want you to stand and I know you, uh, so probably you, you may not know, this is my beautiful wife, Cheyenne, and my beautiful baby girl, Ray Ray, Rayla Ann. Her, her full name is Rayla Ann Marcella Enaako Keokua Corkum. Yes. So uh, Enaako Keokua is her Hawaiian middle name, which it means the glowing reflection of God, and she truly is that. Um, so without further ado, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. I'll let you know, usually, every time I come over here, my dad will always ask me to preach, but I say no. And uh, usually I'm very stern on my vacation, but I felt, you know, I say no all the time, so maybe, maybe one time I could say yes, yeah? <laughs> you know, I'm just so thankful that we have an opportunity to worship God, to praise God. And I'll say this, this is the first time I've ever played drums, take a seat and then come back up for a preach. So uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it's fun. I had a good time. Uh, but I'm going to get right into the word today. I believe God has a special word for you. You know, I've been preaching for a while now, and I'm just so thankful. So don't, I mean, I know you're used to my dad's energy, but I got this, I probably am not the same amount of energy. Um, and I'm an I'm a affirmer too. So if you like saying amen or say, oh, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you, say that again. I'm open for that. All right, I'm open for that. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> we're going to be uh, kind of living in a parable today. How many love the parables that Jesus speaks, right? Oftentimes, if you guys weren't aware, Jesus speaks in parables. He speaks in stories. And, uh, and there's one particular parable that I think I find so interesting, so prominent, and so life-impacting uh, is the parable of the sower and the seed. And today we're going to kind of sit in that, and that's found in the book of Luke. And I love the New Testament because Jesus oftentimes, if I'm preaching and I have an opportunity, if we're not in a series at Connect Point Church, and I get an opportunity to say, hey, what do I want to preach? You best guarantee I'm going to the life of Jesus. I want, to, I, want to, I want to be more like Jesus every day. How about you? Amen? Amen? And, and I'm thankful that Jesus came to this earth. God sent his son to this earth that we can have a, a role model, a good role model to look up to. That even after he, uh, he conquered death, hell, and the grave, he ascended into heaven. That we now uh, carry out the same mission that he was on this earth to do. And I love these ideas as he would come to the people back in that culture, back in that day, and he would talk parables. He would talk stories. How many love stories out there? Like, I just love gathering around a fire, gathering in a living room, and I just love talking stories. Actually, in Hawaii, when you, you conversate with people, you talk, they just, they just call it, hey, let's talk stories together. 
Like, it's like, it's like we're going to go out for coffee. Say, hey, let's go talk stories. That's what, they, that's what they say in Hawaii. So next time uh, you can use some Hawaii verbiage, there you go. Um, so there's this parable that we kind of kind of unpacked today. And uh, just these ideas that what Jesus is doing is he's throwing alongside biblical truth and a biblical uh, intended truth that he's trying to teach alongside a story here. We're going to be finding ourselves in Luke chapter 8. Just so you're aware, actually, this is found in all the Synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, so you can definitely find that story in the other passages as well. But Jesus is speaking according to this agriculture customs of the day and the imagery of a sower, of a farmer, and of seeds, and of this idea of sowing seeds. And let's go turn to, uh, if you're with me, turn to Luke chapter 8. It'll be on the screen behind me as well if you can follow. Luke chapter 8, we're going to take from verses 4 uh, to 11 for now. It says this, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus, because where Jesus went, I just want to pause there for a second, people surrounded him. I don't know about you, but everywhere I go, I want people to surround me as well. I want to I lead people to Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. But everywhere he went, people were there because I want to be where Jesus is. And they, that's the mentality they had. He told this parable. That's what he did. Verse 5. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seeds fell upon the the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plant. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up and yielded crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. That's important. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables. So that through seeing, they may not see. Through hearing, they may not understand. How I many know sometimes Jesus says something, you're like, yo, Jesus, what are you talking about here? Right? <laughs> Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Let's take a pause right there. The next uh, few moments that I have to gather with you today, I'm leaning into a subject, and the title I've entitled today is, All I Got is a Seed. All I Got is a Seed. Somebody let me know all I got is a seed. Turn to your neighbor let them know. We're, we're about to find out what that seed is today. So I want to unpack two principles. I know I'm shattering a typical sermon. I got two points. Brace yourself. Whoa. Whoa. I know, right? <laughs> two, two principles to take away from the parable of the sower and the seed. Number one is this. Super practical, super simple. By one lane of the day, seeds have potential. Seeds have potential. Seeds come in different shapes, different sizes, but every seed carries within it the potential and the promise of what it can become. And I love this imagery of a seed here, and I think Jesus knew the crowd he was speaking to, and it carries this prototype. Every seed that you have before you you know, we, I, every time I come back here, I mean, I'm like, farm, farm, land, land, everywhere, all around me, right? A little different from Hawaii, but, but right, this imagery of farming and sowing seeds, but with a seed comes a blueprint to what it could become. The potential of something so small becoming so large, so fruitful. And with this parable brings that principle of seeds having potential. And there's two things I want to note here under this point under this potential and the seeds having potential, uh, the first thing is this. They have a potential to scatter. And this is key here. A seed has the potential to scatter for only the farmer, but the farmer has to do his job and scatter them, right? How, how can we expect, expect to reap a harvest if the farmer don't go out and plant the seeds? That's just so important. There's the potential, but the potential is tied to work. Someone say, ah, oh, I forgot I have a mic right here. I'll be honest, usually I'm used to holding a mic, so you better believe I'm free today. Come on. (laughs) But seeds have potential to scatter, but it's up to you. How many like to work? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Luke chapter uh, 8, verses 5, coming back to our passage, it says, A farmer went out to sow. It's so simple, but I think it's so easy to move past it. He went out to sow his seed. Because if a farmer didn't go out to seed, he can't expect a harvest of something he didn't plant. And as he's scattering his seeds, it fell on all types of soil. Oh, I love this. It fell on all kinds of soil. Because when I read this passage, right, we need to understand something. You know, you would think, right, what a waste, right? 
Like, why just scatter all the seed everywhere? Why not be more intentional? Like, okay, I know my good soil is here. Let me plant, let me plant, let me plant in the good soil. And I think this paints such a beautiful picture here. And I want to let you know that even back in that day, they actually scattered the seeds first, and then they plowed the ground. So they were, they were actually unaware of what soil was good soil until after the fact. But I think it's so easy to think that, man, what a waste. What a waste to just, just scatter all the seeds out. And I think there's something beautiful that's to, to capture here. And here uh, in Luke chapter 5, I think it also illustrates this point. we got to remember Luke chapter 5 verse 31. There's a couple chapters earlier. Jesus said this, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And I want to kind of talk about that for the next few moments. Jesus makes clear, look, Christ makes clear when he comes in, in God and flesh on this earth to walk out the mission God had for him. He signifies the farmer in this parable. Can I tell you that? And his purpose was to bring salvation to people. But can I tell you, not just for you, not just for me, but for everybody, right? And I love this imagery here. This is what Jesus is trying to communicate. We can't be stingy with the gospel. The gospel is not just for me. God's grace isn't just for me. It's for everybody. And, And this is the idea of it's falling on many different types of soil here. But God doesn't pick and choose who's worthy of his grace. God doesn't pick and choose who's worthy of of salvation. He's just going to scatter. And wherever the seeds land, oh, the harvest will be coming. Right? So we can't be stingy. God graciously scatters and sows. And just like he's a farmer representing here in the story, we too have a responsibility to plant, to sow into people's life, to to plant. and, And we don't have... Uh, we have an obligation to plant, but we, it's not up to us what happens after that, right? Sometimes you plant seeds, you walk away, you don't know what's going to happen with what you just said or what you just planted in somebody's life. And what we, what we have to do, and this is why I just love Jesus, he knows the heart of man. He knows the heart of man and he chooses to speak these final words of speaking this parable in verse 8. It says this in verse 8, After he said this, he called out, whoever has an ear, because it didn't say he whispered it, right? He didn't. He, he said he, he called out. He shouted. That whoever has an ear, let him hear. And this, this illustrates something for me. It's like, man, you can have two ears, and we can't hear. Sometimes we walk away and we hear nothing, right? It's possible, very possible, it's evidently possible to hear, to have ears and not hear. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> you ever been in a relationship before, talking with somebody, and uh, I, I'm guilty of this in my marriage? Sometimes i got to remind myself, whoever has an ear, let them hear, man. <laughs> My wife says something to me. I walk away. It's like, hey, did you get that thing? I was like, what thing? I literally just told you to get something. But it's like, what happens, right? You ever been in a conversation with somebody? And we, we, we listen to speak, not to understand. I think oftentimes in, in our culture, in our day and age, I'm already generating my response while somebody's speaking to me rather than trying to listen to understand where they're coming from. I think this is uh, it's, it's, it's really plaguing the, the church, plaguing our society, because how do I connect with people when I, I, I'm, I'm too busy making my point? But I, we need to listen. We've got to open up the orejas. Is that, is that what Spanish for you is? I think it is. That just came to me. Come on. See, a little Spanish over here. <laughs> but Jesus knew there was a large crowd before him. But many people in the room, many people... As much as gathered around him, many would walk away and wouldn't apply the things that he was saying. They would, they would hear a story. They would see a man who did miracles, who did many things, but yet their hearts would remain unchanged. And I think he understands this truth. And you could like the teacher. You could even, man, oh, Pastor Ben's up here. He looks good. I like his shirt. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't know, I'm not sure about the beard, but I really like him as a person. And that you could hear me speak all these words to you. You can like me, you can say, hey, that's great, but you can still not receive the message I'm teaching, the message I'm giving you today. So coming back to Luke chapter 8, verses 9 and 10, it says, His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that through seeing they may not see, through hearing they may not understand. I love this. The disciples, it's like they get one backstage pass to the life of Jesus. Man, I want a backstage pass to the life of Jesus. But I'm thankful that he left his Holy Spirit with us, that it was actually better for him to go so that we could have his Holy Spirit living inside of us, speaking to us daily, walking out a life with purpose and intent. 
But the disciples had a backstage pass, walking with Jesus, catching his heart. Ooh, man, what I do for that? And see, Jesus used these parables, the puzzles and riddles, more, more than these illustrations. And he's talking right here only for those who had the key that will truly understand. And I want uh, to express something here. The disciples, they wanted the things of God. They were, they, were, they were sought hard after the Lord. And there's a difference between somebody who wants it and somebody who's just casual, like, ah, I'm not sure about it. And they wanted God more and more every day. They, could, they, they, could, they were surrounding themselves with them. And he taught in these parables. But they got that backstage pass. Like, it's kind of like the after, the after the music's happened and the show. You, know, you, get, you end up gathering with the band afterwards. You have talking stories. You're like, hey, what's that, what's that song all about? You know, yeah, these lyrics kind of mean this, mean that. I, I, I see it like that. I try to put myself in the shoes of the disciples here. And if we do not understand the key to this parable, you do not understand it at all. We'll miss, we'll miss the message. And I think many people are in this crowd. Think about it for a moment of the many different occupations. Farmers, politicians, uh, just many different people who have heard the message but have applied it probably in the way, the wrong way of what God intended, or what Jesus intended in that moment. You think of a farmer, right? Like, man, I think what he's trying to tell me here is I've got to be more careful how I cast my seed. I think I'm being too wasteful. Yeah, I think that's what Jesus is trying to tell me. Yeah, and then, you know, whether the politicians like, man, we have something here. I think he's telling me that i got to be, begin a farm education. Man, I think, yeah, this will really help my, my re-election campaign. And, right? and, and how many know that it's so easy to twist God's word? Right? Like, the message you want to, the message you want to receive, you can easily receive and walk out the door. Right? It's so easy nowadays. But when you sit close to his heart, and understand what he wants to speak to you. There's something that changes, something that, that transforms it with inside your heart. Jesus knew there would be many people that would miss it. As he began to speak life-changing words, everything that Jesus spoke was 100% truth, 100% grace. Man, I can't ever obtain it, but I know I want to listen to his words. And if we miss it, and we choose to still scatter, Scatter the seeds. There's those who may understand, those who may take it in, but that's not your job. Your job is to sow the seeds, to continue to scatter the seeds, because that's the gospel church. And in this, in this culture, in this day and age today, I can't help but think about it. Man, we need the gospel more. We need truth, but we need to do it in the right way. We need to approach people with love and grace and humility. And I'm so burdened by this today. So there's a potential to scatter. And secondly, within this point here, there's a potential to grow. How many want to grow in the place? Amen. Amen. Can I tell you, your growth doesn't happen by accident. Growth is intentional. In fact, I can't grow for you. Only you could grow for you. Only you could, can, can apply the words that is spoken today, that's spoken every Sunday, the words that you read on, on pages in your scripture every week, every day. Here, continuing Luke chapter 8, verses uh, 11. It says, this is the meaning of the parable. Don't catch this. This is good. The seed is the word of God. See, if, if, if we move too quickly, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. We've got to read that again. The seed is the word of God. In other words, the seed is the key, and that's all you need. If it rhymes, it's good. Can I tell you? I'm be rhyming. I like bus rhymes, even though I was like, hey, I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. But anyways, sorry, this is what you get on a Sunday morning today when, uh, when, when Ben's in town. <laughs> but I don't want us to miss this. When the word of God comes to you, it only comes in seed form. Ooh, come on. I have a seed here with me today. This is a lemon seed. How many like lemons out there? Oh, yeah, come on. I have a seed here before me today and, 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 and presented before you. There's a lemon seed. This is my lemon tree right here. And I got lemons in a nice little bowl. Come on. Look at those. And I want you to catch this picture real quickly. When you receive God's word, when you read it on the pages, when you hear his word spoken to you, you get it in seed form. That's all you get. Now, what am I going to do with this? What, what, What do I do with his words every time I receive it? See, here's, here's a lemon. A lemon, a seed. As crazy as it seems, this seed planted in the right soil produces a tree like this and will get fruit like this. But see, 
this lemon is inside of the seed. What? Yeah, crazy. But even though it may not be fully developed and it hasn't yeeted its fruit like this tree here, every time you get the word of God, you get the seed, not the fruit. You get the seed, and what are you going to do with his word today? When he speaks in these parables, what is the crowd going to do as they walk away and go about their day? Because in order for this seed to become a lemon, in order for this seed to become a lemon tree, it must be put in a situation to grow. It must be put in the right place to become what it was meant to be. I just love this. It needs the right soil. It needs to be watered daily. It cannot be forgotten. Hey, don't trust me with your plants. I'll, I'll tell you that today. Don't leave them with me. If you've got to wash it, hey, can you wash my plants? I ain't the guy. But how many know? How many do plants out there? Yeah. How many know it takes work to maintain them, right? You can't just leave them and expect them to grow, expect them to produce. Nowadays, it's great to have your own garden, right? Produce your fruits. But it needs water. It needs the sun. And most importantly, it needs time. It needs time to, 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 to soak up the nourishments, to grow. And I, can, can, I, can I just tell you today, many of us want the fruit without getting rooted in God. Many of us want, we want the benefits of God, but we don't want to walk with Him daily. We don't want to surrender to Him. Oh, God. I keep tossing my chest. My bad. We, don't, we, we want this, the, the amazing fruit of a lemon, put it in our ice water. Oh, it's so good on a summer day. But man, I, I, there's something that I think is, is plaguing our cultures because we don't want to work for it. We don't want to work for it. We want the benefits of what it will give us, the benefits of what God's word can do for us, the blessing of what he could do for us. But we, want, we don't want to sit in it. Because can I tell you this today? The fruit is the result of God's word working in your life. And if you're not producing, you got to check your soil. you got to check your life and see maybe something's off here. And it's important to note that if you desire growth in your life, it will require work. Everything that you do in this life will require hard work. I wouldn't be married to my wife if I didn't have to work every day to love her. And I, you can put any relationship, friend, family, you name it. It takes hard work. And, and, and we cannot just trust God for it. This, is, this has been a word, and I think this is something for somebody today. Paul says, faith without works is dead. It's not enough for me to believe in God, to just believe in God for it. I need to put action to it. i got to put feet to my faith. It's so important. We can't expect God to go a full 100% and us just kick back and do nothing. Have you been waiting maybe in a relationship, waiting for something to happen? Do something about it. Waiting for somebody to come, come around and say, oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait for that, for that one, the right one to come into my life. But we sit on our hands, waiting, people passing us by. Probably God giving us many opportunities to say hi to somebody. But faith without works is dead. We can't just believe God for it. He wants you to do something about it. And he'll show up when you take a step forward. That's just the God we serve. And he's so beautiful and he's so amazing with that. But I want to let you know, you can't get the fruit without first planting the seeds and getting rooted into who he is. Getting rooted into what God has for you. You have great potential. We have great potential. God's word has so much potential to change us, transform us, but that change is totally up to us. Oh, man, what a bummer. Man, it's up to you today. It's up to me. Faith without works is dead. I'm going to plant, and I'm going to be expected in faith, but I'm going to put action to it. I'm going to put legs to it, and nothing's going to change that. What Jesus is trying to say here, coming back to this parable, really, there, there's no cutting corners in your spiritual life either. There's no cutting corners for your growth. And because although Jesus represents the sower in this parable, we too have that responsibility to share God's word with everybody. We can't be stingy. we got to scatter, but we have to understand there's this potential that we can grow when we accept the truth that, man, it's my responsibility. I can't expect my wife to do it for me. I can't expect my parents to do it for me. I can't expect anybody else but me to take responsibility for me to change the course and actions of my life. By planting the right seeds on the right soil. Moving forward here, you know, so as you can see, as we've talked about and discovered so far today, you may have a seed today. You, actually, walking out of these four walls, you get a seed. I wanted to give everybody seeds today. We couldn't find any. 
Well, it's not true. I was trying to find lemon seeds, but I wanted, the, I wanted everything to tie together. I guess I could have given you anything, but that's all right. It's okay. But I want to let you know, even though you don't have a physical seed you can plant, you're getting God's word today, which means you're getting a seed. And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it outside these four walls? Where are, you going to, where are you going to plant that seed in somebody else's life? Let it take root in yourself first, because I've noticed, and this isn't a selfish thing, I can't change somebody until I change myself. It's, it's self-leadership. I can't lead somebody unless I lead myself well. How, how can I expect to change somebody else, change somebody else's mind if I don't even know what I believe? I don't even know what I've instilled in myself. And I think this is, this is I mean, not to get on a soapbox here, but even in the context of the church today, we've got to be careful. Know what we believe. Stand firm in our faith and understand the, what God has called us to. And understand we have a call to scatter. We're not going to be stingy like, oh, they don't deserve God's grace. Let me go plan over here. God is so faithful to everybody. Everybody deserves to, to hear his word, to hear the name of Jesus, the power of the name of Jesus that will change and transform someone's life. This leads us to our second principle and our last principle. So you get a, you get a seed today, and that seed has potential. Secondly, a seed's growth is determined by its soil. This seems so, like, obviously, like kind of a, a redundant statement. But I want to let you know, my overall growth... Your overall growth in your life is contingent on your ability to receive. Is contingent on your ability to churn the soil, to maintain the garden. It's, it's contingent on your level of acceptance towards something that will define the level of produce in your life. And we'll talk about that a little as we kind of wrap it up. But the, this is what I love. The success of a seed has nothing to do with the seed itself. But it has everything to do with where the seed lands. Right? And if God's word isn't working in your lives, we got to check the soil. we got to reevaluate the heart. Where are we? Where are we going? I, I ask myself some hard questions, sometimes even after the day ends, just to see, like, man, what, what, did I make a difference today? Sometimes I can be hard on myself, but, but I want to be growing. And you shouldn't be compare yourself to anybody else but who you were yesterday. But I think the most important thing is a seed's growth is determined by where it's planted. There's so much potential there. So much potential in you and me. And God sees it. And sometimes people see it in you before you see it in yourself. And that's why I wouldn't be here today if I didn't have somebody believe in me before I believed in myself. People saw the potential. And they chose to water it. But it was my responsibility to say, hey... I'm going to grow. People can only take me so far. So right, so the sower scatters the seed generously, ends up on four different types of terrain. That's kind of what we're going to talk about as we land the plane today. And some lands on the side of the road, some on the rocks, some on the thorny soil, some on the good soil. And this is coming out of uh, continuing verse 12 to 15. Jesus actually gives the disciples an interpretation of what this parable means. And he's... He's compelling us. He's compelling them. He's compelling the reader, those who listen, to ask them a very, very important question. What kind of soil am I? I don't want to ask you that question today, and I hope you can write that down, reflect on it as you go home. What kind of soil am I? Because I could see, I, even, even when I look back on my life, I see myself in many different seasons being the, many different soils. Luke chapter 8, coming back, verse 12 those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This is, probably, this is so real. This is the wayside. This is the wayside. The wayside refers to this path along the field, this path that has become hard, hard by maybe so many people trampling on it, so many people walking all over it, that, that it's become so hard for anything to penetrate through the surface, through the soil. And it just lays there so the birds, easy pickings for the birds. Easy pickings for them to come, sweep by, they don't got to do any digging. It's just right on the top soil. They're gone. They've stolen the potential of what that seed can become for dinner, for lunch. And I want to let you know, this is, these four soils, I want to I connect it to the heart. So for this wayside, it speaks of the hard heart. And can I be honest with you, I think many people live a life where their hearts are too hard. 
They've been hurt by the church, hurt by people, hurt by situations. And instead of learning from it, they digress into the past, they decline into their, their failures, their mistakes, and they camp out in there, and their heart becomes hard, and here's this, their skin becomes soft. Every little thing you say to them will be, you offended me, you hurt me. Can I tell you today, we need hard skin, soft hearts. We need to be thick as, as tough as nails and, and soft hearts. I think God is calling us to that. we got to be careful when our hearts become hard because the seeds will never take root in our hearts. Never. We'll try our best, but if we do not move forward from what God has called us to and from the past, we'll always be stuck in it. Can I tell you, the devil's not a fool. He knows your weakness. He knows exactly what he needs to do to, to, to get himself in the door of your heart. Don't give him access today. Don't give him access to your family. Be careful. Beware. Bible says he's like a, 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 a prowling lion seeking for somebody to devour, and he wants to take you out. He can't negate your call. He can't change it because it's already instilled inside of you, but until you discover it for yourself and walk a life faithful and righteous and, and according to his call, God will change you. He knows the power and the potential of the seed. He knows the power and the potential of the seed that I'm giving you today. And he wants to steal it. He wants to take it from us. And maybe your life represents this wayside. I don't know where you stand with God today. Many of you in this, in this room, even online, I don't know where you guys, if you're watching this, but I believe there's many situations and many hurts that if we're not careful, we need to, we need to learn from them, not live in them. Cannot live in our past, cannot live in it. We cannot live hardened or hard and, and, and we won't truly receive from what God has for us. The wayside is that hard hearts. The hearers here but they don't believe and it's uprooted because the enemy can easily come and snatch it away. The second Jesus talks about is the rocky ground. The rocky ground. And this, this speaks of the shallow heart. The shallow heart. And the rocky ground wasn't just a bunch of rocks. I want to kind of give you some, some clarity here. It wasn't just rocks on top. It, it was more like rocks with soil underneath. But there, there's a thin layer, a, just a thin layer of soil. And what happens here is the, the, the seed gets planted and, and it catches real fast to the soil that's there. But there's no depth. The soil, and, and how many know where you plant matters? Because if I plant on, in, in thin soil, it's only going to go as far as that soil can go. And the seed could sprout quickly because it was warm, it was loose, but it, it lacked that depth. And continue here in verse 13 of our, our, our passage in Luke chapter 8. Those on the rocky ground are those who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. How many have been tested before? Tested in your faith. Tested with a calling that God has put on your heart that, that nobody else believes in but you. And at times it's so easy to get bombarded, to, 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 to be so loose and and, and we're great, it's hunky-dory fine when everything is going well in life. But as soon as something wrong happens, I'm out the door. God, you keep your faith. I'm, all, I'm doing something else. I can't handle this. And there are people who are, they'll appear to understand and receive the message. But deep down inside, as soon as something happens, as soon as something takes place in their life, they're running. Running for the hills. There's not enough depth for the, for the seed to take root into the hearts of the shallow heart. You know, have you ever been at a, a conference before? Maybe you've been at, uh, maybe you read a great book, right? Have you met, read a great book? Maybe you've been to uh, a, a, this, a, powerful, a powerful moment that changed your life forever. Anybody? Whether it was a book, it was a conference, maybe it was a movie, a message that transformed you. You got really excited about it, right? I mean, I, I get excited about everything. So if I go to a conference, man, I'm like, whoo! And you got a priest the next Sunday, you're like fired up, like, man, I got filled up. Oh, I'm ready, I'm rocking. And then something just slaps you, knocks you off your feet, breaks that stride, and you're like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me right now? I can't handle that. I can't handle that, right? And I've been in this, I've been in this boat before where it's like, man, 
I have so much, so much joy, so much excitement about what God is doing. And as soon as something negative comes in, as soon as something that really rocks the boat a little bit, it throws you off your rockers. And it breaks my stride. It breaks, and we have a choice to make in that moment. Is this going to take me out or is this going to take me deeper? We have a choice to walk away from God or lean, lean into him more than we've ever before. Right? Maybe you got sick. Maybe you got hurt by somebody. Maybe you got physically hurt. Maybe you lost your job. Right? These are things that will break your stride, things that will, will just, you'll lose yourself at times if you're not careful and leaning into the wrong things. I want to lean into God. I want to lean into my struggle. You've been tempted. You've been having a struggle with somebody, with something personal. And this doesn't take away from the difficulties of those situations, but I'm willing to know, where are you running to? I want to have a healthy fear. I remember something that always resonated inside my heart. I want to have a healthy fear that I'm running towards God, not away from Him. I don't want a situation to, to strike me so hard in a wrong way that I don't want anything to do with Him. If anything, when I go through hell, when I go through the hardest times of my moment, I'm hitting the ground harder. I'm pursuing God more than I ever have before because I know without Him I'm nothing. And we need to have an awareness that without Jesus, I got nothing. Every time I take this stage or, or I have an opportunity to speak, I, I, I declare this before God. If you don't fill me up, I got nothing to pour out. I don't have nothing on my own strength. Because when I'm weak, plus when he's strong, that's perfect strength. That's what Paul communicates. And I love this thought because I think many of us can be bombarded by situations, but I'm not living in it. I'm learning from it, and I'm leaning into God. God knows your heart. And he guarantees struggle. He says it specifically. We can be aware that, hey, you're going to face trials and tribulations of many kind. And somehow he, he, uh, James suggests that we can find joy in it. Isn't that crazy? But I believe it's possible. Because when it's not on me, joy, joy's not, I'm not the, the originator of joy. It's, it's always found in God. And I need to, the more I lean into him, people are like, bro, how can you have joy in a time of struggle? Oh, you let me tell you about it. Let's talk about it. And this is that idea of the rocky ground. I don't want to be shallow. I want to be so deep that no matter what life comes, I'm anchored on his truth. I'm, I'm rooted in his word so that I got so much to give, I, I start giving out to others. And I got so much joy that so that whenever somebody else is going through something, I can give them a little joy. I can give them a little peace. Because it's not in me, it's in Him. And I'm rooted in Him in all times. Another soil, as we move here, is the thorny soil. Thorny soil. This represents the crowded heart. Whew, this, is a, this is a real one in our, our, our culture today. Right? How many of you know we're busy? Man, I'll tell you this, I'm in ministry, and I'm busy. I remember a time when I was in Bible college, and God spoke a word to me. I found myself in the prayer chapel, and I, this has always, always stuck with me. And even in ministry, i got to apply this daily. But he, he said, you're here learning about me, but you've missed my presence. And I had many moments in college where here I am, studying about Jesus, learning about Jesus but I miss his presence and if I miss his presence I can have all the knowledge in the world I'm not going to make an impact and the thorny soil will try to crowd your heart crowd your life that you got no room for God and I love what this illustration this communicates here in verse 14 the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear but as they go on their way they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So the seed in, in this part of the field that is good soil, but the, 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 the thorn, it's good soil, but the thorns, they grew up, and they're choking out what the potential of the plant of what it could become, and it kept it from getting its nourishment and, and drags it down from becoming what it could be, crowded, suffocated, the thorny ground person is filled with the cares of this world. How many know, man, we see it all around us. The narratives that, that people are trying to, to speak over us. Truth that isn't truth. It's relative truth. It's not absolute truth. 
We live in a culture that your opinion is truth. And that doesn't make sense, does it? Your opinion and my opinion can't be truth at the same time. Where's the absolute truth? We get so bombarded by the world and COVID and pandemic and everything that's going on in the world. And it's distractions. It's crowding us. It's putting more fear in our hearts. And it's choking out the life of God's word. And if we don't stand on God's word, we're standing on someone else's. And there's no room for God's word in our hearts. William Henderson says this. A heart filled with worry with respect to the workday world and be clouded by dreams about riches thwarts any influence for good that might otherwise proceed from the entrance of the kingdom message. Such a heart is preoccupied. It has no room for calm and earnest meditation on the word of the Lord. So I think this is so amazing as I read this because I, I think it's so critical. We desire the Word of God. <laughs> I mean, I desire the Word of God every day. But sometimes you get so... How many have it a day where you never... You, you just forgot to read God's Word, right? Or you, you didn't have time. You, 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 such a, from, from morning to night, you just, man, I didn't have time to read God's Word. And trust me, whenever I don't get in it, oh, I know it. <laughs> Seriously. I, I, I talk to my wife sometimes... I, Usually after the day, you know, you, go to, you get ready to go to bed and you have the conversation before sleeping. Yeah, and it's like, today wasn't it. <laughs> today wasn't it, but you know why, right? We get so bombarded and, and our life is being choked out by the priorities that we think are priorities, but they're not. One quote that's changed my life by Chris Hodges is, order communicates priority. The things in which you do things matter because it communicates priority not just to you. It communicates priority to your family. It communicates priority to those around you who watch you and see you every day. And I want to prioritize God's word in my life as I plant those seeds, not just in me, but in those around me. And I want to be choked up by by the money, by the job, by, by the things that I can benefit from this world, entertainment, dressing nicely, which we want to have a good appearance. But in the light of eternity, we want to make a difference more than anything. And these things really aren't wrong. They aren't. But I want to make room for God to move in my lives, in my life, in your life, and in our lives. And I'm just so encouraged that, you know what, every day we have a choice to take a, take a seed, plant it, and we may be bombarded by the, 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 the thorns and the burdens of life, but we can choose. You get a choice every day of what God will do uh, and what you decide he's going to do in and through you as you take this seed that has great potential. You plant that. See what God will do with that as you lean into him more. You know, the last soil, and really God's hope for your life, is the good soil. Someone say, hey, finally. <laughs> Sometimes the message seems a little heavy, but we're thankful for the good soil. We're thankful for, for that God can come in with grace and truth and, and speak over us. And this represents the fruitful heart. I want to I bear fruit in everything that I do. I want to be fruitful, not, not for my own benefit, but so that people in my life can come around and I have, thing, I have, I have something to give them. Not, not my own strength, but through Christ Jesus. Verse 15 says, But the seed on good soil stands for those with the noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. They hear, they understand, but I love this. This is the key. They persevere. Persevering through the busyness. Persevering through the struggle. Persevering through everything that could hinder me from reaching God. God's always there for you. Reaching, hand extended towards you. All we got to do is lean into him. Because what, this is the principle for life. What you lean into will lean back into you. Where am, where am I putting my faith? Where am I putting my trust? Here, when we find it landing on good soil, the ground, it, it represents this idea that I, I'm, I'm catching it. I get it, right? Oh, you know how like when you're, you're, you're talking to somebody and you're like just not quite getting what they're, what they're saying? And you're like, yeah, I need you to explain that to me again. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. Aha, the aha moment. And you get it, you catch it. And God's speaking this word to us. Every day we have an opportunity to open our Bibles, to read His Word. I think it's become so mundane. Coming to church on a Sunday, we get into such a rhythm, such a habit. But His Word, we got His Word. 
Whoa, it changes our life every day. And, I, and, it, and it's changing me. I'm thankful that I'm not who I was 10 years ago. I'm not who I was a week ago. And that's this progression of I, when I'm planting, not just in my own life, but in my children, in my home, in the people around me, those who, who don't deserve it, but you, you give it to them anyways. And we're going to continue to love with, with grace. And it may not be good soil at the time, but we're going to plant anyways. And God's going to do the work. And Jesus is pleased with this good soil because it represents the fruitful heart. The kind of ground that produces fruit like this lemon here. And I love what even Matthew, um, like I said earlier, the Synoptic Gospels has this story in all three of them. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in, verse, in chapter 13, verses 23, says, But the seed falling on good soil, pretty much the same passage, just says it a little different refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, catch this, 60 or 30 times what was sown. And I love this because it illustrates something important that I really think I want to let you guys know today. There is no need to compare your fruit with somebody else's fruit. And we see here we're saying it yields, sometimes we're yielding 100. Sometimes we're yielding 60, 30. But what I'm producing, I'm just hoping I'm producing something here. And God's going to continue to do the work. But it reminds me that this principle for life is not, it's not about quantity, it's about quality. I hope I can produce something good that when I'm giving it to people, because people are coming to you, and whether you know it or not, they're picking off some fruit from your life. They're taking a bite. Hopefully they're peeling it first. But they're taking a bite. And I want to ask you, what are they tasting? Is it sweet? Is it good? Is it pointing to Jesus? Or is it like, yeah, I don't think I want any of this anymore. You ever eat something and you're like, I'm good. I don't think I want any of that. But I, I want to communicate this. And we see this even in another parable where God, he, he talks about the talents. And he, and he gives to each one of them a specific amount of talents. But it's what you do with it that matters. Because I think when you, I want to, can I tell you specifically and directly that each and every one of you have a, have a capacity level in your life? I'll say this, you can grow that capacity, but God knows that you have a capacity. And if I'm doing, if I'm growing 30 lemons, 60 lemons, or 100 lemons, I'm just glad I'm growing lemons. And that I, I, can, I can walk into a room and have something to give somebody. That when I say, hey, here's God's truth. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You save that for later. <laughs> but but this, is, this is the power of a good soil. That the, remember, the success of the seed has nothing to do with the seed. It has everything to do with where it's being planted. And I want to ask you to come back to that question today. What kind of soil are you? What kind of soil are you? Have you cultivated a life that's dedicated to God through obedience, through trusting Him every day, to leaning into Him more than you lean into pe- more than people or your struggle or your situation. And i got to remind myself of this truth every day. Can I tell you, as a minister, I'm not, I'm not exempt. Jesus, I'm not exempt. You get so bombarded by doing, right, just like I talked about Bible college, I'm so bombarded by ministry that sometimes I'm forgetting standing in His presence. And I always got to come back to that word because it, it, cha- it changes the way I see things. It's not enough for me to help people and do all these things if I'm not being filled up daily. Fill me up so I have something to pour out. Water what I have so I can begin to produce something good and give out to others. And as we choose, and not just here, but we receive God's word, we're accepting a life in Christ that will bear much fruit. And I'm thankful for that, that hopefully each and every one in this room, you could walk and say, hey, I know I got some good fruit on my tree, on my branches, that when I'm going out in this community, because you guys are making a difference here. And I pray that you would always seek to make a difference, not a point that you are living, breathing, and, what, and, and you have purpose in your hearts, that what has been sown into you, even this day, every Sunday you come to church, every time you open your Bible, you get a seed. And I want to know, and I want to ask you, what am I doing with that seed? What kind of soil am I? 
So how can I change the world? How can I continue to plan into that so that God can use the fruit that I have been producing to change his, his people? I'm going to close uh, with a passage coming out of John chapter 15 here. This is ver- verses 4 to 8. And I'm going to just kind of just close this in a word of prayer. And I, just, I don't know if I just pass it back to you or just close it out. Got you. It says this in John chapter 15, verses 4 to 8. Very prominent scripture. Jesus is also speaking this as well. It says, Abide in me and I in you. Something about abiding in God. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, catch this, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bearing much fruit, this is it church, so you will be my disciples. Being a disciple of Christ is contingent on my ability to first invest in myself, to invest in others, to plant the seed so that I can bear fruit. If I'm not bearing fruit, i got to take a look at my life. And this is the hard truth, and sometimes this is the hard, hard pill to swallow, right? We don't like to talk about it because it hurts. But when I, when I take a look at my life, honestly, you know, in my office at, at my at church back in Hawaii, there's something I have on my computer. And it's a statement that I try to re- I read it every day because I see it every day. And it says, I will not lie to myself, even if it makes me feel even if it makes me feel bad about myself. And oftentimes, right, you, you tell your own narrative, right? I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. And we lie to ourselves because we don't want to feel bad about the truth. And the truth hurts. But can I tell you today, if we're not bearing fruit, I want to encourage you. Take a look at your soil. Take a look at your life. And it's okay to ask the hard questions. Sometimes God will send people in your life to ask them for you. And it's like, oh, you offended, you offended me. You hurt me. But maybe they're there actually to challenge you. Can you stand with me today? I'm thankful that God's word changes us. Can I tell you that I'm just a dude. I'm just a, I'm just a guy here before you today that I'm nothing without God. And the words that I speak to you are, are really not my words, but God using a vessel. You're a vessel that God wants to use. And you may look at yourself and maybe you've taken seeds before and you've walked away. Maybe not nurturing it or or feeding it. I want to pour into you today and, and let you know that you got potential. God's word has potential to speak into you, to change you, transform you forever so that you can go ahead and do the same. I cannot change my community if I don't change me. I cannot change my family if I don't change me. Everything's, it's, it's not selfish, but everything starts with me. And abiding in Christ, when we bear fruit, and that's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. So I want to just pray with you and encourage you and challenge you to, to, to take a step. But remember, come back to that thought that it's not enough to just believe God for it. Oh God, I'm going to trust you with your word and what it says. What are you going to do about it? Lord, we thank you, God, for your word today. Lord, your word stands the test of time. I pray that every word spoken, whether we're reading it on paper, whether God's using somebody to speak over us, whether it's being preached at a conference, that we would land on good soil. God created me a clean heart, God. A heart that is fruitful, that's willing, that's obedient to lean into you, not my problems, not my struggles, not my situations, only you, God. That's the power of your name, that we can hear your name, we can hear stories about you, we can hear your word. God, you say your son, 
to come to this earth, man in flesh, God in flesh, Lord, to change our hearts that we have somebody to look to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I pray right now that we would take time to take a look at our lives, where we're going, where we're headed. What seeds have we just left on the wayside? Hearts hardened. God, I pray right now for each and every person in this room at the sound of my voice, Lord, that if their hearts have become hardened, Lord, would you soft, soften it? Hardened by the past, the hurts, the pain. Only you could do it, Lord. That when the, the heart becomes soft once again, they could be, their ability to receive will be greater. I pray for those who've been crowded, God, too busy, too busy to hear from you. God, we need you more than ever. I'm aware of my need for you. I pray right now that they would be aware, whether online, whether here in this place, those who are hearing my voice right now would be aware that without you, they can do nothing. They have nothing to give others without you. And I pray right now the busyness of life, the, the work schedule, the craziness at the, in the home, the problems, Lord God, that may be arising in each and every one of those areas, I pray that right now you would clear the way. You would help them to take out the weeds that don't belong. Lord, I don't want a crowded heart. I want to fill it up with your word. Fill it up with your word, God. I'm not trusting in man's word. I'm trusting in your word. And I pray right now for those who have trusted in man more than God. That you grab a hold of their hearts, change them forever. I pray that right now we would produce good soil, Lord. No matter what life has brought from when people were a child up to this moment, Lord God. I pray they would take responsibility for their life, for what God has given them. Remind them of the calling that you've placed on their hearts, Lord. May we not forget it. Lord, we understand that to get a lemon, we need a seed. But we need more than just a seed. We need to put it in the right place on the good soil, Lord God, that will produce a tree, that will produce the fruit so that I have so much overflowing. They'll have so much overflowing that they can help but just give it to somebody else who needs it. That they can get a taste of Jesus through them. God, that's your mission. That's your purpose, Lord, right now to use the church. Use people in this room and online, Lord God, to take the fruit that you've given us that's produced through your word, to give it to somebody else that will impact them, that will change their lives forever. Lord, I pray right now for your people. We thank you, God, for your word. No matter how far they are from you, no matter how close they are, Lord God, would you continue to just be with them? And I challenge them right now to take a stand, take firm of what you're doing in their lives, Lord Jesus. Stand in your word, stand in your truth. You know, I want to give opportunity for those who may not know Jesus. I can't assume everybody in this room knows God. You know, even at our church, there's not a sermon or a message that goes by that will not give an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you're online. and Maybe you, have, you need an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Everything I just spoke without the yes to God is irrelevant. If you haven't yet said yes to Jesus, that's what matters most. So right now, if, if you're here in this building, maybe you're online, you can just say the simple prayer. It's so simple. Life transforming. Life's transforming though. It's as simple as you can repeat this after me. If you if you want to say yes, maybe you've fallen short and you just say it for the third time, for the tenth time, for the hundredth time. We all we all fall short of God's grace every single day. Maybe we fall off we, we fall off the wagon. It's okay to get back on, continue the truck and, and know that God cares and loves for you. You can say the simple prayer after me if you want to say yes to Jesus. I promise you every yes after that becomes a little easier if you're just obedient and just listen. Say, Lord God, I need you. I trust in you. I trust in your word. I pray right now that this word 
would take root in my heart. I believe you died, you were buried, but three days later, you rose again. And now, the same spirit that lives in you, lives in me. Help me, guide me to walk a life worthy of the call. I receive you. I choose you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't we just give God a shout of praise? If you just say that prayer, we welcome to the kingdom of heaven. Your life will not be the same ever again, whether online or here in this building. We're excited. Scripture says heaven rejoices when one person comes to know the Lord God Almighty.